They said it was forbidden. They said it was dangerous. They were right. Introducing the paranoid American homunculus owner's manual. Dive into the arcane, into the hidden corners of the occult. This isn't just a comic. It's a hidden tome of supernatural power. All original artwork illustrating the groundbreaking research of Juan Ayala, one of the only living homunculologists of our time. Learn how to summon your own homunculus, an enigma wrapped in the fabric of reality itself, their power at your fingertips, their existence, your secret. Explore the mysteries of the Aristotelian, the spiritual, the Paracelsian, the Crowleyan homunculus, ancient knowledge lost to time, now unearthed in this forbidden tale. This comic book holds truths not meant for the light of day, knowledge that was buried, feared, and shunned. Are you ready to uncover the hidden, the paranoid American homunculus owner's manual, not for the faint of heart, available now from Paranoid American. Get your copy at tjojp.com or paranoidamerican.com today. podcast this is the third episode i'm your host juan i just had a conversation with one of my best friends david rodriguez and i had him on because i wanted to have uh, two accounts of of fathers you know we're both fathers and i want to really talk about uh, what fatherhood means and talk about other, other things as well and it was a, it was a really nice conversation and we really dove deep into what it's like and how it changes your life when you're when you're a father doing what you got to do in life to provide for your family or or, you know making that jump to to the next level um you know uh, being a provider and the head of a household uh, because we both have families and and there's nothing you wouldn't do for 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 people that you love and just really having that unconditional love when it comes to to loving a child and what that experience can be and it's just sad that some people can't experience that or won't experience that and we spoke about our personal lives and experiences you know growing up having fathers that weren't necessarily 100% there uh the affection or the emotional aspect of things but there you know my father was always there for me as far as providing but you know when I became a father I I never had that that experience of of playing with him and and playing catch and all that stuff you know being involved in sports and when I had my son I wanted to really give him that because you always want to give to your kids what you didn't have obviously if you can and everybody's dealt a different card in life and like I like I always say, if life gives you lemons, you make lemonade, man. You don't sit around and and not do anything. But 
there's always that that deadly cycle what i call the cycle that people they don't make that next jump they don't make that they don't take that next step they don't they don't because they either don't know how to or 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 they're afraid to and you know what did you bring to the table at at the end of it all what are you going to be remembered for when 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 it's all over cuz again if not we're just we're just forgotten you know people will mourn your death or whatever when you pass on to the whatever it is the afterlife or i don't know whatever's beyond the beyond and again so people don't take that jump and they stay in the cycle just doing things over and over and, and it's understandable because guess what man everybody's got bills to pay and and places to be and i feel that everybody should do something creative in their lives and really just uh take it to the next level that's why i look up to these these big names uh, elon musk jeff bezos say what you want to say about them but they're geniuses and they're and they're so out of their time and they and they really took it to the next level and it's like you can do the same thing as long as you play your cards right anything is possible so it was a really refreshing conversation i enjoyed it we're going to be doing it again but here's chocolate thunder with david rodriguez and we're live. <laughs> right on. <laughs> All right. So, uh, what, what was that that you were saying about coffee, David? That people won't recognize, or people will recognize the, the difference. Well, a lot of people call me a, a coffee snob, which, I think that's just a fancy word for prick that thinks he knows a lot about coffee. Um, which I think I consider myself a prick who knows a little bit about coffee. Right on. That's that's deep, dude. I uh, my, my only problem is, you know, I'll enjoy a a good cup of coffee, but I I've been diagnosed as uh, being lactose intolerant. But the the way I was diagnosed was that um uh at my baby shower, my uh, fiance's old boss was a doctor, and uh, I just sat down and talked to him. I said, "Listen, man, uh, what do you think this is, doc?" You know, do you do you think I'm lactose intolerant? Because to that point, I was self-diagnosed, mm-hmm. and he was like, "Oh well, what are your symptoms? This and this and this." And I was like, "Yeah." And he's like, "Yeah, dude, you're lactose intolerant." So, you know, I I love cookies and cream, and again, I love ice cream. Milk is a ama- milk tastes amazing. You know, I I think the taste of milk is awesome, but when I drink it, dude, you know, it's good going in. And, and when it comes out, it's not, it's not a good time. Yeah. Know, it's like, I, it, like Terminator salvation or some shit. Yeah. I'll, I'll have a good cup of coffee, but dude, as soon as I have it, bro, I just got to go to the bathroom and it's like, that's the problem though. You're drinking coffee with, uh, with milk. You're doing it all wrong. You haven't had a good enough cup of coffee to enjoy it black. If you had good coffee, you can enjoy it black. And everybody says the same thing. Oh, it tastes all the same. Fuck you! No, it doesn't. Well, I've had black coffee, but I, you know, I ah, don't see, remember. you haven't it's... had you haven't had good black coffee. I'm Colgers, bro. Colgers. <laughs> now, see, that's that's where you're all wrong. So, but some of the best coffee is is always 
like, uh, you know, the single origin, you know, lighter, you know, medium sometimes roasts. So my favorite are anything like an Ethiopian uh, Burundi. Ethiopian? Yeah, Ethiopian origin coffee. I've never heard of it. They make a mean fucking cup of coffee. Um, But yeah, things like... Places like that. I mean, this one's uh, Costa Rican single origin, and this one's actually pretty good. It's a, I believe it's a more medium roast than anything. Um, but uh, I drink a lot of local coffee here. Um, Raleigh, uh, where I work a lot in, um, they they actually have a lot of coffee roasters there that actually do really good work over there. So I buy most of my coffee um, from from there. It's like beer, man. So many different types of coffee, so many different types of beers. It's crazy. That's the thing, too, is that people like light beer, people always, you know, they they don't really, I don't think they take enough time to, you know, uh, at least understand and enjoy uh, and appreciate the craft that goes into making beer or making coffee. Because it's a it's a process and it's an art form, so if you don't like in a in a way respect the the product itself and what it took to make that product, then you're you know you're fucking wasting your time. You're always gonna be like, well, I don't see the taste. I don't see the difference in taste. Damn, dude, you're going deep, and it's all about a cup of coffee, bro. So hey, man, um, I'm I'm pretty serious about when it comes to to co- I try to explain this stuff to, to people, you know, I travel a lot and, you know, I travel with coffee with me. I have like a little lunch box that I put all my, I have a scale and, uh, <laughs> hand grind. Yeah. A hand grinder. What? Uh, I, I bring an AeroPress with me and, uh, my, my vacuum sealed packet of, uh, coffee. I bring that with me. Um, so before we get deep and talk about coffee and stuff, uh, this is a question that you're not going to save yourself from. And it's a question that I ask everybody who comes on the podcast. Sure. Um, who is David Rodriguez? Uh, David Rodriguez is a coffee snob. First and <laughs> foremost. <laughs> no, David Rodriguez is a, um, that's a tough question. I it think. is. It is. It makes you really look into yourself, dude. Hopefully nobody asks me back. Because <laughs> uh, I wouldn't know that answer. I, I think it's hard to explain just because David Rodriguez is a enigma sometimes. It's almost sort of like you, you don't know. It's like you, you're expecting David Rodriguez to say something absolutely just out of the ballpark. Because that's how he is. But then again, you're like, crap, I don't know what he's going to say. So David Rodriguez is erratic and enigmatic rapping now um no he's uh you're stumping me already <laughs> <laughs> so yeah we they, go they deep were, bro yeah yeah i i i we're we're deep in my psyche here i'm about to break out in tears they were drinking is a father too <laughs> <laughs> nah he's a he's a Dave Rodriguez is a guy who uh, likes to 
push limits. Uh, scares himself because he's curious. Uh, enjoys other people's presence. And so on and so forth. Um, there's not much to David. David's pretty easy to understand. I like how I'm talking in the freaking third person. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm feeling myself just talking about myself. So that's what it's all about, dude. It's like uh, what you were talking about, um, you know, how people don't understand the process. And that's another reason why uh, I wanted to do a podcast because I, I want to enjoy the process. I, I, I want to talk to different people and see their point of, of view on a variety of topics, man. I, I've, dude, I've gone to reach out to people and I've reached out to two people, bro, that are dead. Like, you know, I've come up with their material on the internet, either it be YouTube or whatever, and they're dead, bro. Like, I'll, I'll look up, like, <laughs> their information, bro, and it's like, oh, um, so-and-so died. And, and and one of the freaky ones was that I was looking into this um this person, and um, they had so, – so another thing I'm going to talk about on the podcast is uh, esoteric knowledge, and uh, esoteric knowledge is, like, knowledge that – it's best, you know, it's specific to a, to us, you know, to a certain degree that you wouldn't really know about it unless you really dove into it and you're like a, a professional and like a scholar of that knowledge. Sure. So the person that I was going to uh, look for, uh, they had a knowledge about this, this certain, um, it was, uh, it was almost a cult. And um, when I went to go reach out to them, I had, you know, Googled them, whatever. They, they dude, the they, they, dude, they died. But after that, they, they had come upon um, this. They were investigating this pedophile ring in Hollywood. And bro, dead. Looked wow. into it, dead. And I was like, wait a minute. And man, I, I feel that. Especially with the Jeffrey Epstein stuff, I feel that there's, you know, I have a lot of respect for uh, for children, especially being a father, and I know you can relate. And I feel that there's a special place in hell for people who hurt children. And I just can't imagine any, like, you know, you play with your kids, and, and, and my son, he's about to be two, and you play with them and you go, man, who would want to hurt something so precious and so happy? And, and they, dude... My kid is a psycho, bro. Like Mike, he's psychotic, man. You know, and, and it's little kids that like we were talking about the other day, how your how your daughter kept screaming. And I'm like, man, you know, it's little kid stuff and they can annoy the hell out of you. But dude, there's I'll nothing you wouldn't you, do for them. Yeah, I'll tell you. I mean, I mean, sometimes my kids don't even have to do anything. It's just the fact of like when you reflect on kids, you see how easy it is to be a kid. And how easy your life is when you're growing up. Not what, like before, like once you become an adult, that's it. You're, you know, that's a, what? That's a coach seat in hell before you actually go to hell. I w I w if I would have known life was going to be like this after high school, bro. And like, it's like you said, like in hindsight, you're like, man, this sucks. You know, you yeah, gotta, you, think your you gotta life be a provider. Yeah. Yeah. You have to be a you provider know? and yeah. like. And I know you can relate to this especially because, uh, you know, you'll do whatever it takes, especially to provide for – and like like me, like, dude, if somebody does something – like, if somebody were to do something, God forbid, to my kid, 
Yeah. Bro, you, you got to chop them up into pieces, man, and feed uh, them to the gators because what else I, are you going to do? I would eat him. I wouldn't even feed it to the gators. I, I would literally chop him up and eat him. And like make myself. a sandwich. Yeah, and make a damn bologna and, and Greg sandwich. Yeah, bro, it, it, it's crazy. And I feel that, especially with with the, I feel that society nowadays is so sensitive to all these different, uh, you know, groups, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Especially with, you know, like what, with what happened with Dave Chappelle, his special. And if, you know, everybody, I feel society walks on eggshells. And I know there's been a lot of talk about, um, accepting like the pedophiles and like oh you know it's it's not it's not it's it's a meant it's a disease or or whatever they're calling it or it's a way of life or it's something i don't care what it is man and like these people and and again i go back to jeffrey epstein because this guy whether he whether whether he did it or not people who aren't into conspiracy theories already know this is like a conspiracy theory right and it's like it, whether he did what he did or didn't, even even if you have connections to to like if you're hanging out with me, dude, and somebody tells you, hey, dude, this guy uh, did this, already like that connection, it should already set off like red flags. Yeah, like, I think you know? it's it's definitely like with a lot of rumors or conspiracies that go on with with, with people, accusations and things. Like nine, t- I believe nine times out of ten, there's some truth in there. Exactly, exactly. So whether he did it or not, he has some involvement in it, you know. Because nine times out of ten, it's like, okay, your name is included in that sentence, and not and just one time. It's like a yeah, bunch of times, you right? Know? And it's like it may not be true, but goddamn it, you probably had something to do with it. Yeah, yeah, I agree, uh, and. and- we're, we're, we're they're they're accepting a society's accepting all these nonsense uh you know ideas and lifestyles and it's like when is it going to stop because if you make an exception for one group why can't you make an exception for that other group and yeah. and, and the three groups behind that i mean Let, i mean know, a hypocrite. lot of yeah there's a there's a saying in in like stand-up comedy i don't remember what what comedian said it but it's either all okay or none of it's okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that I think is, I, I mean, that can't be uh, any more, more true statement, whether it's, it, I mean, it, everything's, you can find a lot of comedy in, in tragedy. And I think that helps a lot of people, um, you know, get through a lot of stuff, you know? Um, well, that's the thing, dude. Um, what was I gonna say, dude? Yeah, uh, we were talking about about the pedophiles and stuff. But yeah. again, that's that's where society's headed to, where you know they're accepting all these different ideas, and you know when is it gonna stop? Yeah, I mean, I I remember on on like I remember on Facebook, I posted something, uh, you know, not targeting any specific group or anything like that i just thought it was hilarious because you know you read something you're like that's that's pretty funny you know yeah a meme you know exactly yeah and um you know it made a certain certain people 
I guess, feel some kind of way. And I, I ended up getting, uh, you know, called a transphobic person. And it's like, hold on a sec. I watch tranny porn all the time. There's no way <laughs> I'm transphobic. There's no way, you know. But Check you know, my Pornhub history, dude. Yeah, yeah, I support them all the way, you know. Yeah, I but, don't judge. I don't judge people based on on what they believe. Again, if and I've had, you know, on this part, I'm gonna have some people with different ideas, and I, I feel that if as long as your as long as your ideas don't directly hurt anybody, you know, it's like they're they're they're. Why do we have the freedom of speech if you can't say what you want to say? I, I think it, it it comes to the point where people are imposing is yeah. when it starts getting muddled. Where it's like, one, I, you need to start calling me Tabitha from now on, and you're gonna, you're, I'm forcing you to call me a woman, and if you don't like that, then you're a bigot, transphobic piece of garbage, and I piss on you again. You know? I mean, if if I if I meet somebody and they tell me that, I mean, me and my, you know, this is my personal opinion. I, I would respect that, you know. Now, <laughs> have you seen that that guy in GameStop? <laughs> yeah. That video yeah. in GameStop is like, yeah. uh, sir, it's ma'am. Right. You know, uh, it's ma'am. You know, he's like going like people feel like it's some type of of, of privilege. And again, I know. I, well, again, I don't know. I don't know how it feels to be in those people's shoes, but uh, to be oppressed. Um, but you know, the, racism is still very alive uh, in in the world. But I was actually having a conversation about somebody uh, today about how your kids are a product of of their household and where they come from. You know, so if if your kid's a piece of shit, you know, where'd it come from? Cause you look at kids and you know, I'll, I'll sit down and I'll watch my son play and stuff like that. And they don't do, they're, they're sponges, man. They don't know anything. You know, they, 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 they pick things up from, from what they see. So when it comes to racism, like if you see somebody racist or it's like, where in their life did they get influenced to, to be this way mm-hmm. you know and and because it had to start somewhere and it starts in the household dude like there there there's conditioning that happens from when you're very small to to when you grow up and those things manifest and and again i mean there's more i have dude since my son was born i have not taken him to and again i can do this because of my work situation, I take him to work with me every day, dude. I take care of him every single every single day since the day he was born, dude. I took care of him. Yeah. And I, I bring him to me with work. Why? Because and I have issues with my family because of this. Because I feel that is as if if I drop him off at a daycare or something like that, one he can't talk yet. So if they do something to him, he can't. He can't say anything like the other day, dude. <laughs> it's messed up, but there was a mosquito on my truck, and it, it, dude, it was, dude, it, it ate him up, bro. I felt so bad after, but he was like whining, 
Yeah. And he's like, eh. I'm like, well, what's going on, Papa? You know, what's happening? And whatever, we got to work. When I opened the door, dude, he had like so many bites all over his face. A lot of he had chicken pox. Oh. I was like, damn, dude, the the mosquito. You know, it's like they're kids. They don't know. They don't know to yeah. like to yeah. like, you know, just hit the mosquito and it's gonna go away. But it's stuff like yeah. that. Like, that's a mosquito. Imagine a person. Oh yeah. And there's sure. so many, there's so much evil in the world. And, and the issue that I have with my family is they're like, oh, but you, why don't you leave him at my house uh, with so-and-so and I can watch him? It's like, listen, if you want to watch him, you come to my house. Because guess what? In my house, I control who comes into my house. For sure. And who doesn't come into my house. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know who goes to your house. Oh, no, it's going to be just so-and-so here. It's like, yeah, but anybody can just come. You, you know, I just don't. It's not. You know, yeah. it's not you that I don't trust. And, yeah. and dude, I've had issues with my family because of this and like fights. Yeah. And and again, and not until you're a parent will you know what that anxiety. And yeah. it's like sometimes you get mad at your at your parents for like, you know, being overprotective. But it's not because especially nowadays, there's so much evil. And, and I know you talked about social media. Social media is so toxic. And there's so much garbage on there, dude. And and I took a break from social media for like a month, two months, and it was amazing. You know, I not have first of all not having a, it's an addiction, dude. It's an addiction. And not having to check social media every two seconds was awesome. But I had to get back on because it's a it's a powerful marketing tool, and if used correctly, uh, it, it you know it, it's a good thing. You know, you can grow your brand, grow your product, whatever it is, and essentially it's free. You know, you know, obviously there's things you can pay for, but it, but it's free if you know how to use it. Um, yeah. And I just feel like a lot of people waste their time, dude. Like, yeah. another thing going on now is like everybody's everybody's texting and driving, bro. And especially being here in Florida, dude, I, I see like all these motorcycle driving schools to get your license to drive motorcycles, and I'm like, do you have a death wish, bro? Like everybody that I've known, yeah, who drives a motorcycle. Something has happened to them eventually. Yeah. Cause, and, it, and it's not even because they're bad at riding a motorcycle. It's because, like, I even when, uh, you know, I've had friends who drive, you know, ride motorcycles and stuff, and I'm like, dude, you just got to be careful. He's like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm like, I, I don't. It's care a lifestyle, about you. bro. You wouldn't know. They get mad at you because you tell yeah, them don't drive, but it, drive a motorcycle. But I'm just you like, do whatever the not, hell you want. It's not you, man. It's the rest of the world I don't trust, you know? Some guy could be watching Pornhub while he's trying to make a left turn. And next thing you know, yeah. he slams right into you. Yeah. You know? I see it all the time, dude. And it's it, people don't even hide it anymore, man. Like, they'll, they'll, like, legit be driving, like, scrolling through, like, Instagram or, like, Facebook. And I'm like, man, what are you doing, dog? Like, yeah. what is that? You know, what? where's the police when you need them? Right. And, like, today I was driving behind some guy who was driving like an asshole, man. And, and I don't, uh, I don't. My my fiance she she likes to road rage a lot and I tell her I said listen we're in Florida you know and uh, the reason I don't road rage is because uh, I conceal carry at all times everywhere I go dude no matter where I go unless it's a courthouse or somewhere federal sure I got a gun on me so guess what if I provoke somebody. And they threaten me or, or, or my family, you know, while I'm in the car with my family, yeah. it's like, dude, I, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to have to shoot this person. Cause what else are you going to yeah. do? You know, they, or if they, or if they have a gun, it's like, what How are you going to do? It is. Yeah, bro. <laughs> uh, uh, it's, I got a funny story. My, my cousin and, and, 
you know when you you know when you first get into a hobby and you're like all about it dude i'm that kind of person i'm 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 better now but i was really impulsive like sure. if i like something dude I bought oh, it. I remember. Oh, I remember. If I if, if I if I was into something, dude. And again, it it comes back to that thing that you said. It's either zero or one hundred. Because my dad's always taught me, if you're gonna do something, you gotta be numero uno. Yeah. Because if you're not first, you're last. You know what I mean? Like like right. that kind of stuff. So like every time I get into something, and, and that's another problem I have that I don't ever, you know, go through with it a hundred percent because. Like you talked about a craft, you know, how long does it take to, to master something? It takes thousands of hours to master something. And so when you first get into a hobby and you're like all about it, yeah, dude, my cousin, bro, he, uh, he, uh, he, he, he got into guns, right? And I got a bunch of guns, dude. So he's like, Hey dude, what kind of gun do I get? This and that, blah, blah, I want to conceal carry. I'm going to get my permit, all this stuff. I'm like, yeah, dude, right on. You know, but 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 I told him straight up. I said, listen, man, if you're gonna get your concealed weapons permit, you gotta you gotta change your way of thinking. You know, cause cause I believe in the Second Amendment, but but I'm not hardcore America. Uh, you know, nobody touches my guns. Nobody touches my guns. Yeah. Because right. that because bro, imagine all these different governments. Like for example, Hong Kong, dude. Those people couldn't do anything, man. What? Yeah. The government was, dude, the government was ramming them, dude, like back and forth. And, and guess what? You got to sit there and take it. So that's a that's an insurance we as Americans have. And that's why the government won't ever mess with us because of that. Right. Because, dude, the amount of guns in circulation, it's like three to one for the government. You know what I mean? So don't don't ever mess with us. But I believe that we need gun control. And the reason I believe we need gun control. And, and again, it's because of people like my cousin. He. One day he got his he got his gun. Dude, this was a week after, the week after he got a gun. He was like, dude, uh, the crazy. He texted me this long text, and he thought I was gonna like fucking pat him on the back. He's like, <laughs> dude, uh, man, I had this guy, bro. He was he was he was trying to ram me off the road, dude. So. So I opened up my sunroof, bro, and, you know, when he cut me off and he, he wouldn't let me go anywhere, I opened the sunroof and I let off a, a warning shot. I go, I said, oh, you did my. what, bro? He's like, yeah, I let, I let off a warning shot, dude, because, uh, you know, I had his girlfriend at the time and her kid in the car, bro. I yeah. was like, are you stupid? Do you think this is the wild, wild west, bro? Shooting. I was like, dude, people go to jail for that. Oh yeah. For warning oh, yeah. shot. There was some lady who was getting like followed by her ex or something like that, dude. And this guy like had locked her up and like in her house or something, dude. And she fired a warning shot like in her house or some crazy, something crazy, something right. more legitimate than than yeah. than he cut me off. And yeah. I was like, dude, what are you doing, bro? Bro, I went in on my cousin. And oh like yeah. After, after the fact, he was like, "Damn, dude, you're right, man. I, I messed up, dude. It's not gonna happen again." I go, "Yeah, bro, because you, he didn't even have his concealed weapons permit." And he's like, "Oh no, I was in my car." I said, "Yeah, but you, do you know the law? Yeah. When, when you when you carry a weapon in, in your car, you know there's the there's the the three step. There's a three step. You have to have the gun in the glove box, the the magazine in the back, and there's, a, there's three steps. You have to get the gun. Step number one. You have to put the the magazine in the gun, 
Two, and you have to physically think about shooting the person. Three, so it's so yeah. so it's intention, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, you you had you, you you physically were conscious of what you were doing when you shot this person. This dude didn't even have it. He had the gun loaded in his glove box, and he was like, "Yeah, dude, I fought a warning shot." And it's like, "Yeah, why'd you do that?" Oh, because I had the kid and my chick in the car. I was like, "Oh my goodness, that's bro." Even, that's even a worse reason. Yeah, I know. I was like trying to be a hero, dude. You think you're yeah. a cowboy? This is the 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 old time. No, bro. Did you go to jail for that, bro? Because that guy now, that guy apparently he sped off. Mm-hmm. That guy can come back and be like, "This guy threatened me." Well, all he had to do was just slow down, get his license plate, and then boom, that's what I at tell your doorstep, people. and it's like that's what I tell people. But it's like yeah. it's like when people when people argue with you over the internet, you know, why don't you keep that same energy when you see me in person? You know, bring that same energy to the table when you see me in person. They don't right. because why? Because they feel safe. You know, it's it's a psychological thing. Right. It's like. When I go fishing, bro, and I can be on, dude, I can be out on the lake, and and it can be, you know, it can be blowing 25 miles an hour, and my boat's rocking back and forth, and I have no footing, and there's just, you know, there's just, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a big lake, so it's, you know, you got waves, and I'll be good, dude, you know, I won't get motion sickness. Now, put me on a boat in the middle of the ocean, and I get seasick as hell. And I love fishing, dude. I love fishing. But it's something about me being out in the middle of the ocean and me knowing that I'm in the, in the middle of the ocean. And it can be calm. And I get, dude, I get seasick. And I hate yeah. it, bro, because I love fishing. And I love, and, and you, I mean, you catch the big fish out in the ocean. Mm-hmm. But I can't, man, I can't go out fishing out in the middle of the ocean because I get seasick. And it's embarrassing since I'm a fisherman. It's like, like what? You know? Yeah. But. But, you know, people, dude, um, I know you uh, and we've talked about this before. What is it that you <laughs> what is it that you do for a living, bro? So so people can know that the person who is in, in, in uh, the person who installed that 5G, that's going to burn <laughs> our brains out. So you. So I uh, I have a real attraction to kind of intense. you skydive. Yeah, yeah. I, I have a, a attraction to really intense or cool jobs. Um, so one of my first jobs, um, you know, big musician. So I worked at Guitar Center for a little bit. Had a lot of fun there. Um, met some you celebrities. Actually got me into uh, guitar playing, dude. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Which, and you still play, which is great. Yeah. You know, so I, I worked at Guitar Center for a little bit, uh, met some cool people, met some celebrities. Um, Remember that one time we got tickets from uh, Kevin Scaff? That was crazy, dude. I still have those tickets. Dude, I bumped into him uh, before I left Florida. He was walking his dog in Winter Park. Really? Oh, he lives yeah. here? Yeah. He lives in Winter Park, dude. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, he was walking by and I was eating a fantastic donut with my, uh, fiance and my daughters. And I see this dude, you know, walking his poodle. And I'm like, what's, what's up, bro? What's up, man? <laughs> and like, who the hell is this fucking guy? Well, he remembered me. Cause I was like, Hey man, how's your, cause I used to sell him Les Paul's and all this stuff. 
and uh, I was like, hey, how's the, you know, how the Les Paul's treating you? And, you know, uh, he's like, yeah, it's good, man. You know, I'm still playing. I'm like, cool, cool. <laughs> it's cool, you know, geeking out, of course, because. For know, the people who don't know, that's the guitarist for A Day to Remember, and they've blown up, dude. Oh, dude, they they're, really they're long way. I mean, they're, you know, superstars, you know. One of the biggest, one of the biggest bands out there, you know. Yeah, it's crazy. So, yeah, it's, I mean, what's crazy is I sat in that guy's car the first time that I, <laughs> the first time I met him, I, like, he came in the Orlando store and he was looking at some pedals, and I'm like, you know, I don't know, remember what I was doing. I'm walking somewhere and I see this dude just standing there. I was like, holy Moses, that's. That's freaking Kevin Scaff. So I come over and talk to him, and I'm like, hey, man, you know, it's, it's, you're Kevin Scaff, bro. <laughs> you're Kevin Scaff, man. And I have a, a Day to Remember tattoo on my chest. Um, so I was like, yeah, dude, you know, look at my chest. <laughs> you know? And he's like, hey, man, that's, that's, that's really cool. And he was like, hey, you know, um, you want to go listen to some, some new tracks in, in my car? And, um, Dude, if that would have been another person, like that would have been so weird. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would have hey, been dude, like, do you want to come you're... listen to my mixtape in my car? Like, yeah, 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 no, it's called you like taking my dick in your mouth, you know? <laughs> yeah, you know. So, so I, I'm like struck with like, and on top of that, I'm still working, so I'm like, fuck my shift, I'm going in this guy's car. You, know? you just went outside. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This kid, this kid's like, excuse me, sir, can you help me? You know, move out of my way. <laughs> you know, no, but um, he invited me out to his car, and you know, of course, he's like, hey, I, you know, I need to see your guy's cell phone. Just make sure you're not recording, just in case. Sorry. I'm like, yeah, that's totally cool. So I'm sitting in the passenger seat of this Audi next to freaking Kevin Scaff, listening to, you know, unreleased songs. On, on the new album, like, I, what is going on? I That's cannot dope, believe – Yeah, I couldn't believe it was happening. I was like, Jesus Christ. So then I get his number and all this stuff, and, you know, and that's when, you know, we texted him the, the, the same day of their show, and he got us, you know, some some tickets to go see yeah, him. That was, that was really cool, him. Yeah, so – um, but anyways, uh, yeah, that was my first cool job, and then after that, um, I worked at Universal Studios. Um Oh, I forgot I was, about that. Yeah, yeah. I, I was a performer at the Superstar Parade, um, which was super cool as well. You know, I played four shows a day, and that was a lot of fun. Um, and that kind of ended there. And then from there, I got a job at uh, a parachute company um, uh, not long after. I'm kind of skipping through other jobs that I've had because they're really not like as important. And I really worked at the place for the dishwashing at Hooters. No, Outback, <laughs> Outback Steakhouse. Oh, that's right, Outback. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, then I, I I got a job at uh, this uh, parachute company. Um, shout out to Strong Enterprises. Um, I got hired there. Um, to scrape tape off of uh, old tape off of tables. I literally 
had a paint scraper, uh, some goo gone, and I would scrape tape for 40 hours a week. Damn, dude. And uh, that's literally what I did, you know? Um, so. Uh-oh, somebody's not happy. Yeah. So, that's what I did, and I boss at the time was like, hey, you're too smart to be doing this. We're going to get another bonehead to fucking do this. They ended up firing that guy like two weeks after they hired him. Um, which could have been me, but I was smart. So um, then I moved up, you know, into sale or shipping and receiving, then into sales. And then I kind of really got into, I, I love working with my hands and figuring out how to do things and I ended up being a, a parachute rigger, and uh, it's pretty much parachute rigger is pretty much the guy who packs your parachutes, you know. How long does that take to pack a parachute? It depends on what it is. Um, you know, if we're talking about like a, a tandem, you know, a parachute that holds two people, um, that will take if you're really good, uh, thirty minutes to an hour pack one reserve parachute yeah it's so, uh it's very and it's very uh um somebody's life is literally in your hands yeah yeah i've saved three people somebody's lives stupid before. enough to jump out of a plane that that yeah. person's life is in your hands <laughs> yeah 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 so i've saved three people's lives um before um packing parachutes and it was pretty nerve-wracking before I had saves because sorry, I'm eating very delicious banana bread at the moment. Um, so it, it's nerve wracking when you don't have a save for the first time because you're packing so many parachutes and you're like, yo, I hope I'm fucking doing this correctly. Yeah. You know, I mean, even though there are manuals for every parachute that you pack, there is a manual that you have to follow, blah, blah, blah. But like anything, sometimes shit just goes wrong. You know what I mean? You could be the best driver in the world, and something can just fucking go wrong. Your tire will pop, you'll spin out of control, and then boom, you're dead. Especially it, when you're jumping out of a plane. Yes. No but reason. But again, it's one of those things where it's one out of a you know a million. You know. But um, it, it was a nerve-wracking job because I, I packed so many parachutes for people um around the country around the world you know you name it you know ireland excuse me switzerland a bunch of different places and uh finally when i had my first save you know we we get the call like hey there was a malfunction and i was like first question out of my mouth who packed it and uh they send it in and there's a card that you have to sign every time you pack a parachute i'm like yo <laughs> i just saved two people's lives that's crazy dude um, and it felt so good. Like, it felt really, really good. I was like, holy shit, I'm a commando, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Something so small. It's like, oh, I yeah. talk to people about that all the time, about how, you know, some people don't have, uh, and we've talked about this, fulfillment in their lives, so that every little thing, every little accomplishment, like, it's 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 big for them. You know, you'll have people who post, yeah, people post a lot of garbage on on social media, but they'll post every little thing in their life. Yeah. And it's like they want a pat on the back because of it. It's like, yeah. 
Like, oh, uh, got my first credit card. It's like, dude, welcome to adulthood, man. <laughs> but just make sure that you don't run yourself into debt. Yeah. You know, so easy. Right. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I had a really good career. Um, I was, uh, you know, uh, 24 or, or, or 23 year old senior parachute rigger um, for about three years um, with all three ratings, which is incredibly hard to find. Um, there's three ratings to a, a parachute rigger, um, which are the ratings are pretty much where the parachute is located. So you have what, you know, the parachute on the back, which is the most common one, uh, the parachute in the, in the seat, which is where you sit on the parachute itself, um, and then one for in the like chest. a plane. Exactly. Yeah. You guys They're, did like for the air force stuff. Um, army. We've we've done uh, military contracts. Um, I'm not gonna say which ones. Um, <coughs> ISIS. Classified. Anyways, <laughs> we're not proud of that one, but. <laughs> yeah, do what you gotta no, do. To no, 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 no. They didn't. <laughs> No, I mean we we've worked with uh, well, Strong Enterprises has worked with a, a few different uh, militaries, um, done a few contracts. Like I said, I won't I won't say any any uh, names per se because that's their business, and you know I don't want to give away any anything. I don't know if they want it to stay confidential or not. Yeah. Um, I only say that because I. I the time that I was working there, I exchanged emails with a certain military air force of a certain country, and I was talking to a four-star general. Um, I, I think he was a four-star general. Um, and uh, <laughs> I uh, I made the mistake of, you know, we're emailing back and forth, and I'm like, okay, well, uh, these parachutes should arrive at this, uh, this date, general. And I just get one sentence back. Don't use general. <laughs> like, oh, oh damn. I'm like, Felt oh, God. stupid as hell after that. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, I'm so sorry about that, general. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's ma'am. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, so there's, there's that. And then there's uh, a chest reserve, which again, that's the most common for military, uh, application. Um, you'll see a lot of military jumps done with a, a chest reserve, which is pretty much they'll have the parachute in front of them. So there's those three ratings. Uh, the most common type of parachute riggers you'll see are ones that only have like one or two ratings just because uh, not all of those parachutes are easily accessible. And um, But since I worked at a parachute manufacturer – I was able to get all three, um, which again is you're, it's super hard to find like a person, you know, my age who has all three ratings and is able to do the things that I was able to do, which was repair parachutes, repair harnesses, um, you know, pretty much build stuff from scratch, you know, um, repairing things and all that, all that nonsense, um. So I had a really good time doing that, um, and then uh, you know I'm kind of sort of in a limbo where I'm just like you know where am I where am I going you know uh, kind of just not really seeing 
any sort of new avenue, you know, starting to fall into uh, uh, sort of like... Um, I call that the cycle. When people, uh, they want to do something with their life, yeah. but they don't do it because either they don't know how to do it or they don't know where to start or something. Right. And people just, dude, they just go into that zombie mm-hmm. mode just... You got bills to pay, so it's like oh, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna stay here, you know. I'm just right. gonna conform and right. and stay here, and that's a dangerous thing because yeah, you don't do what you what you set out to do. And I mean, every, I'm not saying I'm not saying not saying money is everything, but I'd rather money amplifies your problems. And what I mean by that is that I'd rather because you see all these celebrities that kill themselves and so obviously money doesn't buy you happiness i know it doesn't but wouldn't you rather be financially secure and like have that 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 stress not on you versus if you're li- you know like if you're broke and you don't have a job or something like that and you're just like you don't you don't know what to do you know that, that that'll that'll drive somebody matter quicker it's like but then you, you see all these people who are rich right and they kill themselves either way. It's like, come on, dude. Like, you know, you're already a step ahead, you know? Yeah, you most got... of the time it's because they know too much. They got to be taken out. Maybe. Who knows? <laughs> you know? But um, but anyways, yeah, so uh, I was going to go into the Navy. Um, I took my ASVAB, uh, wanted to be a Navy SEAL. Um, started, you know, I, I bought, you know, Navy SEAL workout books. I'm going to the gym <laughs> and studying and doing all this stuff, and I'm just like, fuck Florida, I would, I would be a Navy SEAL, you know, because, again, uh, I'm one of those people that just, like, you know, I want to do something, if I'm going to do something that, you know, if I say I'm going to do it, then, you know, I'm going to I'm gonna go fucking do it, you know, um, and then, I don't know, I, I thought, I, I guess I thought it was, like, the universe kind of trying to tell me something, uh, where I got a job offer um, in North Carolina, um, working on uh, cell towers or tower climbing. Um, and again, I at the time I didn't know if I was afraid of heights. I didn't know if I'd be any good at it. I'm uh, afraid of heights. Yeah. Well, I didn't know at the time, and so I go, I, I go visit my fiance's brother. Um, and, uh, he's like, oh, dude, I got you an interview. No problem. I got you an interview tomorrow. I'm like, shit. Okay. And so I go there. Guy's like, uh, are you afraid of heights? I'm like, no. In my head, I'm like, I hope not. You know? now look at your resume, dude. Like, I don't understand how this guy. Well, I'll tell you about the tower industry when I'm, when I'm done with this. Uh, which will explain why that your resume really does not fucking matter. Um, so I, you know, I get hired on the spot, you know, and, uh, I go back to Florida. I start looking at videos, tower climbing, you know, and I'm like, Oh, I guess that's not that bad. I thought I'd be changing light bulbs. There's some videos of these dudes just literally climbing up to the top, changing a light bulb. And then, they come down. I didn't know it was like cell service. That That's the were... first thing I asked you. I was like, what do you, you change the, 
Because I always look up at those towers and I see the lights flash. I'm like, man, I'd hate to be that guy that has to literally go up there and change that bulb. Oh, man. And I, I yeah. just recently, like, I just recently, I don't know what, I, I don't know, dude. Like, I, I was up at the Smoky Mountains for uh for vacation, like I told you. And it's beautiful out there, but it's like you look down, man, and it's, oof. I was like, ah, that's, a, that's a long fall. But I don't know where my my fear of heights started, dude. I mean, I, I don't I don't know. Well, I'll tell you, it's when I... Um, You're at the interview. What happens at the interview? So he asked me if I'm afraid of heights, and I'm like, oh, no, no. In my head, I'm like, Jesus Christ, I sure hope not, because I already put in my two weeks at my job, <laughs> <laughs> you know? So, uh, I get the job and head back to Florida, and I start prepping my family for this big move, you know, eight hours from Orlando, eight, nine hours from Orlando. And Is that North Carolina or South Carolina? North Carolina. Charlotte, North Carolina. Well, I live in Matthews, actually, which is... You know, you piss over the line and you're in, you know, yeah. Charlotte, you know. So I make the move out there uh, by myself uh, first um, just because I wanted to, you know, look for a place for them and, and all this stuff and, you know, get everything kind of ready for, for the family to move up. And um, So I'm working already for two months up there by myself. Um, staying at my brother-in-law's place and uh, I I climb and it's it, it's like uh, like I think like any kind of weird profession like that there's there's certain it, it takes a certain kind of people there's definitely a a, a community a very specific community um to these kind of professions you know so like parachute <laughs> riggers you know they're you know they're their own kind of people so tower climbers are definitely their own kind of people um it takes a certain type of human being to go what 300 feet up in the air yes you really have to not give a shit <laughs> yeah it's crazy dude yeah so the highest I've climbed has been 350 feet, um, which honestly wasn't too bad. Um, I thought like the first time I climbed, the first time I would climb that high would suck, but this one was actually not bad. Um, but you get used to it. So I mean, I can't tell you how many towers I've, I've climbed, um, or how many towers I've even been on. Um, you just get accustomed to it. I will say that the first time for every site that I do, and site is pretty basically, you know, every job that we go to, um, I get a funny feeling in my stomach, I guess, first day. Um, and I guess it's just me mentally kind of getting situated in that tower, you know. Well, because you know that people have died, and, and it's like what you were what you were telling me—they died because of 
Because they're lazy. Uh, it's more complacency. You know, a lot of the times people, you know, the, the, you know, uh, the more older veterans, those are the ones who die. You know, you never hear in the news about, you know, a new tower climber or what we call green, you know, a green hand. You'll never hear about green guys ever dying. It's always the veterans that die. And it's because of complacency. They think they're hot shit and they end up getting killed, you know. Um, That would suck, bro. That's one of the deaths like that. And drowning. Yeah. I think it would be like, can you imagine when, when somebody drowns, like their lungs literally collapse? Well, I'd rather, I'd rather fall off the tower than drown, if we're being honest. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I mean, that's like, who would you rather have, Hillary Clinton or Donald Trump? You know, <laughs> still both pretty bad, but we got to pick one. If Donald Trump is. A, a, a tower, um, i.e. Trump Towers. Um, yeah, I would let him fuck me rigorously. <laughs> so, um, so what I didn't know that you told me, and again, the title to this this episode, people are probably going to be wondering what the hell that is. Uh, but what what I didn't know was that. Once you're up on the tower, dude, you're up on the tower for how many hours a day? Um, a typical, and this depends on like the season, you know, cause obviously when the sun goes down, uh, most people will climb down and it's like, you can't really do much work when, when there's, you know, when it's nighttime, some people can, but we don't, um, but a typical day will, you know, I'll be up in the tower for at least maybe 10 hours, eight to 10 hours, probably. And you're not, kind of, what, do, you, do you have like a lunchbox you take up there with you or what? Um, not really. Um, I, 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 I've had a Chick-fil-A sandwich in a tower once and it wasn't too, I, I couldn't enjoy it, <laughs> you know, cause it was like, man, this Chick-fil-A sandwich is great, but it's like, shit my legs are dangling and i hate this you know yeah because it's like yeah i want to sip on my drink but i'm scared about it falling off a freaking tower for christ's sake that's like you know? when you're texting me dude and like you're i know you're working up on a tower it's like so i asked you the other day i was like dude do you have like a like a strap or something on your phone bro like you know no on my luck i dropped my phone and it would go well that's the, well the thing is is that since i started this job i have the reflexes of a fucking mongoose <laughs> like i can catch things so damn quick knock on wood i've never dropped anything off a tower and i've been doing this for close to like eight or nine months um and i literally have the reflexes of a mongoose um so again knock on wood i'm not you know when i i i have a specific way that i hold my phone when i'm up there um just to ensure that uh, I don't drop it. Uh, I have a rule, two hands on the phone at all times. I never uh, take a picture, or I never use my phone with just one hand. Um, but anyways, uh, 
Yeah, I don't. I I don't usually eat. Um, on a tower. Sometimes I'll take uh these little uh peanut butter packets, uh otherwise known as nut butter. Um, don't like to use that term. Dude, you know what they call um the sunflower seed, the inside of a sunflower seed. You know what's called a nut meat? <laughs> <laughs> sunflower, sunflower nut meats, bro. I was, That's... I was, I got a packet of them uh, not too long ago, and my fiance I'll was go, next to I'll, me. I'll go vegan at that point. Yeah, she, I was like, man, she's like, what are those? And I was just like, I have always eaten them. I'm like, oh, it's sunflower, sunflower seeds. And I, I read it. And I'm like, oh, they're uh scientific term for this is uh sunflower nut meats it's like yeah i'm eating some nut meat dog (laughs) yeah so i'll I'll take some packets up with me just so i have uh, a dense something dense in my stomach um but usually i don't i'll just take a water bottle gatorade with me um just to stay hydrated um um but yeah, for the most part, I, I don't, I don't eat up there. David, yeah, there's, when there's other when you're guys up that... there. So you got guys that that they'll be up there. When you gotta go to the bathroom, bro, like, how is that? Like, you're not gonna climb down 300 feet. No, no. Um, some guy, I mean, it's some guys. I mean, okay, I, I've. Some guys have no problem climbing down and going to a near gas station, taking a shit, and uh, climbing back up or whatever. Very rarely does that happen. Um, most of the time, uh, so we have uh, terms that we use in the tower industry. Um, they're more like slang terms, per se. Um, so. When, when you accidentally drop something off a tower and you know that you dropped it, you're supposed to yell headache as loud as you can. Yeah, because I hear a wrench coming up from 300 feet up in the air down to the ground and probably hurts like hell if it hits you. Oh, right, right. So you're you want to give that, yeah, you want to give that person, especially if it's a heavy thing, you're going to yell headache as loud as you can to warn that person, you know? Um... Or if you're throwing something intentionally off a tower, you're yelling airmail. Um, if you're clipping something onto a, a rope um, and letting the rope uh, guide that thing off the tower, that's a hotline. Um, so you're going to watch the thing slide down the rope all the way to the ground. Um, uh so those are kind of the slang terms uh, for bathrooms. <laughs> um, when somebody when, when somebody has to go number one, you will radio in. Hey, where is everybody? Oh, <laughs> everybody stuck with that one guy. Damn yeah. man. So this guy again. Yeah. So you'll get somebody who goes, oh well, everybody's inside, or every or people are outside. You know, let's say people are outside and uh, they'll How many say, people climb a tower at a time? Um, most of the time it's just two two dudes, sometimes three. Um, 
So you'll radio in, like, all right, well, uh, yellow rain. So everybody go indoors or get away from the tower. And yellow rain, I mean, it, it's pretty self-explanatory what yellow rain is. It's pretty much whipping your dick out and taking a piss off a tower. Um, that, and that is if you don't have a water bottle um, available. Because a lot of times dudes will also piss in a bottle. The only shitty part is is that they'll also throw the bottle off the tower. <laughs> <laughs> That's so messed up, dude. Yeah. So, and it's funny too because when we'll watch the bottle like leave the tower and just explode on the ground. That's how brush fires are started. That's how the brush fire in Australia got started, man. Yeah. So, um, so we have we have that term uh, for number one and. Sure, the obvious question is what is the term for number two? Um, and again, this is a I mean, this is this is like if all else fails, you know, you just ate a bowl of chili, you drank, oh, you know, man. a 16 ounce cup of coffee, and you know, you have to take a shit. Your stomach's cramping up, dude. You just got done you're, you're, eating that taquito from 7-Eleven. Yes. You're like, damn, son. You had, you I'm, the, like, I'm, I'm at the like, very top. Right. You had like 14 Eggo waffles for breakfast. You know, <laughs> this is this is in dire, dire emergency. I have not seen this happen, and I have not done it myself, but... I do know it does exist in the community. Um, so in case in of emergency... I looked it up, by the way. Did you really? It's a real thing, yeah. It is a real thing. So in case of emergency, when you dire, like you desperately have to make number two, you need to radio in Chocolate Thunder. <laughs> <laughs> and Chocolate Thunder is exactly... What what it is it, it's when you have to take a shit off the side of a tower damn dude that's rough man like can't imagine that bro like i can't imagine it either because imagine you're wearing a damn harness yeah so you got your ass hanging out of your harness trying to take nah, a shit dude. 300 that, feet off the ground that guy that the guy that the guy that does that bro this this special human being this guy, he got pants specifically made for that. So he's got a zipper in his ass, bro. And I know for a fact, because like you said, you have a harness on. There's no way, bro. There's no way, dude. But how, so what can are you gonna also, how can you also live with yourself on that tower knowing that you still got shit on your ass? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Oh, dude. <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine, like, staying up there another five hours and you just reek of shit. Oh, man, dude. I didn't oh, even I, think about that. I would just be like, Gary, Gary, you got to climb down, dude. I can't take it anymore. <laughs> you know? The wind is, is blowing this 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 gust of just diarrhea stain. Imagine he wipes and he goes to throw the paper and it just like the wind just picks it up and smacks it in your face. <laughs> oh, God. That's <laughs> uh, messed I mean, up, man. I, I mean, uh, I'll, it, tower climbers are definitely accustomed to taking shits in the woods they're pros 
they're pros at, at, at taking shits in the woods. They're very, very good at it. They, they know the best spots. They know where to go, how to go. They know what to look for. They know what the, the they they know all of the the features that go into the perfect shitting spot. You know, um, I've taken a shit in the woods once, and I didn't like it at all. I felt so out of place. Um, what technique did you use though? Like, did you like uh, squat down? Did you put your back up against the tree? Like, what? Because you know, it matters what technique you use. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'll you know. I found a perfect spot because it was like a little hill that I could hide behind. <laughs> and uh, I was also able to look over the hill to make sure nobody was looking or coming this way. So, yeah, I was just – I was right behind a hill, you know. And, uh, again, I guess uh, humans are – you know, they're supposed to squat when they take shits. Because I guess it, it's easier, uh, like it's easier for it to come out. I guess uh, the finkel matter. Um, I can't believe this is what I'm talking about on my podcast, dude. This is... <laughs> it's it's monumental. It, it's very very monumental. Um, but yeah, it's, it's it's so odd. But it does exist. People do. You know, tower climbers are definitely really great at taking shits in the woods, but it does exist that shit does fly from the sky. So what we've learned, Chocolate Thunder, and what we've gotten from this podcast, because, again, one of the things I want to bring to the table when I do a new episode is is new knowledge. <laughs> and I yes. feel like this is a great... Well, what we can take away thing. from what we can take away from this conversation is that whenever you hear the... If you hear from a distance chocolate thunder, you better run. You know what's going down. Run for shelter. Run for your life because there is a chocolate snake heading your way. You know. Either that or a peanut butter jelly sandwich. <laughs> you accidentally <laughs> drop it. Imagine just sitting at the bottom of a tower just hanging on. And just gets smacked in the face by a peanut butter jelly sandwich. You know I've what's had the my, worst? I've had my tools peed on before. Yeah, that sucks, bro. Some guys That's peed on my – yeah, some guy yelled – you know, yellow rain, I go inside and <laughs> he I come did He, he didn't come even back. give you, like, enough time to go in. He just, like, chalk or, or uh, uh, what the hell is it called, the, the pee? Uh, yellow rain. Yellow rain just starts pissing immediately. Like, dude, come on, man. Yeah. It's like, they didn't call for rain. <laughs> the rain on me. Oh, it smells like asparagus. It's messed up, but that, you know, it just comes, again, it, it comes full circle to, what you'll do to to be able to provide for your family and again you know going out and doing something that because again dude at the end of the day it's all about your kid like once you know if you don't understand this is why i hate like, like what you were talking about when people talk about uh you know oh my dogs are my kids like no no they're not you know, no, they're not. Like, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. If I pulled out, you know, a 1911 handgun and pointed it at you saying, would you take a bullet for this fucking Rottweiler? Your ass better say hail to the no. Yeah. Because I guarantee you some people would be like, oh, yeah. 
Oh yeah, I died for my fucking dog. I would die for that. It's like, why, why, when you release it, why does it run away? Like, you know. But I mean, toddlers do the same thing too, bro. They just like, dude, my my kid when I was up in Tennessee, like this kid, man. If you let him jump over the side of the mountain, he would jump over the side of the mountain. It's like fearless, dude. That's why I feel like yeah. if you ever go to war with Iran, dude. The front lines, it's not in a bunch of toddlers. It's a bunch of two-year-olds, bro. Because they're savages, dude. Like, they're, 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 they're crazy. They're insane. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. But, um, how did we get to that part? I don't remember what we were talking about literally right before that. <laughs> about um, the, uh, what you get out of this as far oh, as, uh, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, the, 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 the job itself, it was like, you know, to your point of, you know, doing what you got to do for your family, I, I put everything on the line. You know what I mean? I pretty much put all my chips, you know, I went all in, you know, I put in my two weeks. I didn't renew my lease. That's and it crazy, was like, bro. Yeah. So you can, you can imagine the amount of pressure it was on me. To where it was like, okay, you know, uh, I'm making this big move. I quit my job. I I'm not living in the same place anymore. I signed the, I, you know, I, I signed the agreement already, saying I'm not coming back. Um. So it was like, this is either gonna work, or it's gonna work, was, or it's gonna work exactly. There wasn't no. Oh, I, I can't do this job. It's like, no, you're going to do this job and you're going to fucking deal with it. You know, a lot of people, a lot of people wouldn't be able to do that. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and that's what those fucking dog moms and dog dads won't understand. You know, it, is that as a parent, you will do whatever it takes, you know, and, um, you know, it, it changes you. It, it changes. I, I learned from being a father of two, you know, that you will literally do anything and everything for your kids. I agree. And you don't you don't know that until you actually have kids. And people will never understand that until you actually have a child, you know, and I try to explain that to people. And, you know, I I. I you know, we make fun of the uh, the dog moms and dads and all that shit, but I mean, facts are facts. You know, it, it's people with do- I, again. I've got in trouble before on Facebook because you know of this whole thing, and everybody who was giving me crap about it, none of them had kids. <laughs> yeah, that's you usually know? how it goes. People who don't. Uh... We don't know anything about something they usually have right. the most to say. That's what I always. Right, right. And sure, there are definitely a lot of comparisons. Uh, I know we're going off on a tangent with this whole dog mom and dad thing, but <laughs> I think it's really important that pet owners understand it is not, and I repeat, it will never, ever be the same as fucking having a kid. I've actually been thinking about getting a dog, but. Uh... But dude, it's I already have a puppy, you know. My puppy's my son, cause 
I can't imagine having a dog, like having a puppy right now, and yeah. having a toddler like this. That's yeah. Well, you also have to make sure that your dog isn't alert. Uh, your 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 dog, your your son isn't allergic because my kids. No, he's. Allergic. Oh, they really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this my, kid my, loves my, dogs, bro. Um, so, uh, your son is two years old. He's about to be two next month. Two next month. Holy yeah, crap. Bro. Time fly. That's another thing. Like when you're a parent, uh, you really see where time goes. And oh, yeah. yeah. I, last year, dude, like last year flew by so quickly and I feel that that time itself it's you know things don't feel like the way they used to like for example like dude like new year's and again it's what you make of it honestly but i feel like like dude new year's like literally i was like laying on a couch and like 12 o'clock rolled by and i was just like oh it's 2020 it's like you're gonna start all over again and like me i'm out you know being a business owner like everything is numbers so it's like the numbers you made last year you got to beat them this year so it's like damn dude i gotta start all over again like right you know the the first of the of the year it's like boom zero everything is zero everything zeroes out it's like right now we got to get after it again and it's and we talked about that that cycle that people get into i call i call it the cycle so you know they'll stay stuck the the then this next year the, the you know new year new me uh, uh uh this is my year and you don't ever see people change mm-hmm. you know people always do the same thing over and over and over again it's like oh no this year this year i'm gonna do something and i feel as if you like if you're really gonna do something it's like what like for example like if you want to start in your life or whatever do it bro put in yeah. your two weeks move somewhere else start yeah. somewhere else i mean a lot of people can't do that exactly but yeah, if you that, have the opportunity that, mm-hmm. yeah that's and i think that's that's what drove me like so much where it was like doing these kind of crazy jobs uh with each job that i did i think i learned something more about my inner self you know um this job definitely tested my ability to handle pressure and handle fear because it it's it's a scary scary job you know what i do you know it's you know your heart is racing all the time you're going up in these crazy heights and you're staying up there for hours you know as a you know when you're on the ground you're not thinking about you know, when you're walking, you're not thinking about, oh, my right foot is going here. My left foot is going here. My, you know, your hands are at your side. You're not, you're not, you know, aware of that. You're just, it's just the norm, you know. But when you're on a tower, you're, you're so much laser focus because you're like, is this secure? Where the hell are my hands? My foot, and my foot needs to go here. Can this thing support me? There's so many things and questions that are running through your head and, when you start doing this kind of thing, it really tests, it really tests yourself, you know, to see if you can actually handle it. Cause I'll tell you, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's scary every single time I go up, 
You know, I've climbed so many towers and every single time I'm scared. You know, anybody who tells you that they're not scared, they're definitely fucking lying. For yeah. Sure, you know, but I deal with it, you know, because, you know, it, it, it takes uh, it, it takes a man to to conquer uh, fear or at least understand uh, fear in a sense, you know, um, which is pretty much what I did when, when it comes to the job that I do, you know, um, it, it was something that I had to cope with starting out because I, again, I had to understand that, you know, this is going to work or it's not going to work. You know, the, one of the first towers that I climbed, it was a, a giant, it, it's called a monopole and a monopole is basically just a, a giant pole. You know, it, it's not like a, like a tripod looking tower or whatever, you know, it's a giant pole that you just climb up. And the problem with that is that when the wind starts to hit the pole, it starts swaying. Back oh, and damn, dude. And that's really not a good feeling when you're, you know, climbing your second tower ever and you've never felt that way before. And it's 180 feet tall. <laughs> and, you know, it's just like, you know, I radio into my crew lead. I'm like, hey, man. This this wind is not doing it for me. I'm really not comfortable with this right now. And um, you know, at this point, I think I'm a hundred and I think I'm a hundred and ten, hundred and twenty feet off the ground. And uh, my crew lead just says, "Hey, man, it, you know, it's just a little wind. It's up to you if you want to come down." But I knew mentally. I knew if I were to climb down that, you know, it, it would almost solidify the fact that, that this, like, I, I failed, you know? Yeah. It was like a right. personal, you had an inner, inner conflict. Right. And so I had to tell myself, you know, like, you're either going to, you know, you're either going to climb this tower or, you know, you, you're you're failing as a as a man and a father, you know. And I mean it. I mean when I say that statement, I don't mean like dramatically. It's like you dishonor your family, you know. <laughs> it, it's more of just like you know you, you're you're giving up, you know. You, you're already 120 feet up. Why are you giving up, you know? Was the wind blowing hard that day? Oh. Oh, dude. I mean, especially being up there, I'm pretty sure it was. Oh, it was it was blowing hard. The thing was swaying back and forth, and I hated it so much. But again, I was already 120 feet up, and I'm like, dude, just go. You know, I had to tell myself like, you're doing this, you're not doing this for you, because if I didn't have kids, hell to the fucking no, I would be. You know, I would have been like, yep, coming down. Yep, see ya. Yeah. You know. So. I had to tell myself, like, you're not doing this for you, you know. Um, so climbed up. And, again, you know, I learned something about myself that day, you know, and, and it's constantly what, what, you know, what I continue to grow in when, when, when I do these kind of jobs, you know. These jobs, a job like this 
test your 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 you know your confidence test your 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 ability to handle uh, the the pressure and the fear that that comes with you know so uh, that's it, uh that's pretty deep bro but again it, it comes full circle you just got to do what you got to do and yeah yeah that's that's what it comes down to you know, it, it's what are you willing to do to to provide, you know, as a father, you know, being a father, in my opinion, is one of the hardest things a person can do. Well, I, I really liked your nails today, bro. And <laughs> I sent it to my girl and she was like, oh, you see, is it, they say that that girls soften you up. And I, I was like. You know, when I first found out, did I tell you about the time I almost, I, I almost, dude, I almost, not that one time, the time that I almost, I almost missed uh, my son's birth, bro. Really? Yeah, bro. So, you know, you know how it is where they start getting those pains and stuff like that. And, you know, you're, they have to walk to make, you know, to induce labor or whatever. Mm-hmm. I... We had stayed up late that night because she was having the con- she had started having the contractions and I was exhausted and I don't I don't remember sometimes like you know when you're when you're sleepy you don't remember what's going on apparently she woke up in the middle of the night it was like three or four in the morning she was like hey we have to go you know I'm, I'm, I can't take any more they're five minutes apart and and we have to go and dude I kept sleeping bro and <laughs> yeah, yeah so. Uh, this was down there. Her mom was staying with us down in, in Miami and she had her mom take her to the hospital. And the only reason I woke up, dude, was because uh, she had she was so mad. She left all the lights on and she turned off the AC. So, dude, I, I'm like, I'm sleeping, <laughs> that was, bro. That and was I, smart as hell. yeah, I wake up, dude, I'm drenched. So I'm like, what the hell's going on? And like she's gone, I have like a bunch of missed calls, uh, some te- some texts, bro. She was so mad. She was like, "Oh, don't even show up, blah blah blah." Have you missed? It? Like she was so mad, yeah. dude. And yeah, that's the one time I almost uh, missed it. But either way, I wasn't gonna miss it because uh, she only dilated to a certain amount, and he was a cesarean because he had the cord wrapped around his neck. You push that kid back in there, like, no, you're not ready yet. Let me go. <laughs> and it's like, dude, did you look when your kids were being born? Uh, I delivered actually both of my kids myself. Damn, dude. So you looked? I pulled my both Damn, of my kids. Dude. I grabbed their heads and pulled them so out. So you, of- you looked, bro. That's. Damn. She had a cesarean, and she got mad at me because I didn't look at her like cut open i was like why the hell would i want to see that because like they're you know they literally just open you up right you know i guess the best way to describe it so so like i said i i uh i I don't think it'll be the same as like a c-section kind of thing um i scrubbed up you know and i I, did too yeah yeah, i delivered both of my kids grabbed their head and pulled them out and it's kind of like seeing that happen to a place you've been so familiar <laughs> with 
<laughs> you know, seeing that happen to a place where you've been so familiar with and you've had so many good <laughs> moments with, it's kind of like, it's kind of like, okay. Why? <laughs> no, it's kind of it's like when you have a, a, a really fun dad, right? You have a really, really fun dad and it's just like, you know, I'm playing catch with my dad and he's such a good dude and it's like, you know, I, I love you, son. You're the, you're the best. You know, and he's wholesome, and he comes home at five, and you know, Gary finally comes home, and then the wife, you know, she, she, your, your mom, you know, overcooks the chicken, and it's and it's dry as the Sahara Desert, and then finally your dad snaps, <laughs> and he goes, "Honey, what is this shit?" and starts beating the hell out of her in front of you. Starts beating the hell out of her with a candlestick or whatever the case may be. And now you look at your dad and you're like, I can't look at you the same anymore. I that's, think that's that's the best representation I think I can give of childbirth as far as the vagina goes. David, um, you couldn't have used the better analogy, I don't think. That was... That's no. pretty much how it is. You, you know, it's just like, I love you, Dad. You're the greatest. I can't look at you the same anymore because all I see is your 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 rage just of beating the shit out of my mom. So now I can't look at you the same. So you look, you're looking at it. It's like, it's over 9,000. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you see its true so, form? Yes. So now it's like every time you visit down there, it's like you're not the same. <laughs> well that's the thing i, I, I know actually, the real you yeah i was actually talking to to my fiance about that we were watching i forgot what the hell we were watching we were watching something on tv and it's like when do you be when do you when do you choose she was like when do you choose to become a gynecologist like but i mean i i can understand it from the from the woman's perspective because obviously you know feminism whatever and you know women have that that part i can understand that i was like babe aren't aren't, aren't they mostly uh women because you know a woman wants a woman and she's like no there's a lot of them who are guys and i'm like man you know, and I, it's not just for the uh, sexual aspect of it. it's like do right. you really like when you go to the gynecologist it's not always good so it's like do these guys get off on that like yeah you know, well, you know I, I'll tell you, I think women don't give as much shit about, you know, some person just looking straight into their vagina. Because <laughs> let me tell you right now, okay, I'm pretty fearless when it comes to some stuff. But at the moment, you know, the doctor says, all right, Mr. Rodriguez, let's go ahead and take a look at those balls. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be like, you know. Dr. Richardson, I don't think that's a good idea. I just, I just met you, and I don't know how I, if I feel comfortable. I might, I might have testicular cancer. I what might. are you gonna do, bro? When, but uh, when I don't have want to you check your, my your, What are you gonna do when they have to check your your prostate, bro? That's like the thing, you know. Oh, that, I mean, that goes into the same category where it's like, you know, you have to. I think it's looking towards the future where it's like, okay, after this is all over, I have to look at another man in the face. I have to look him in the eyes and, you know, realize that moments before our eye contact, 
you had your finger in my ass. It's like the guy that came up with that, dude. It's like, hey, hey, Doc, is there any other way we can do this? Uh, I, no. No, man. Trust me, we, Peter, I wish there was. <laughs> <laughs> we got, we got to get in there, man. We got to, we got to know. We got to go in. It's like, yeah. but, but Doc, come on. Uh, but no, I mean, I think to, nowadays, I think they, uh, they can check your blood work. I don't, I don't know. Again, I'm not, uh, I think you have to be four years old. All, like, I, know, all I know is all I know is that women are a lot better about handling that stuff, I think, than guys. Yeah. You don't you don't usually hear guys, you know, women will say all the time, like, Oh, you know, I went to the gynecologist and you know, blah blah blah. They found out I have, you know, fucking you know, uh flowers in my ovaries, whatever. You know. Um but you never hear guys going like, Yeah, I just I just visited the uh you know, the doctor, he you know Balls checked out okay, you know. <laughs> or the, ball, you know. the balls are a okay. Yeah, exactly. You know, like left and righty, they're they're all good. You know, the right brothers. You know. Um. Yeah, dude. It's life is life is crazy. It's so, so your son was born in two thousand and what? Fifteen? No, not fifteen. Sixteen. Seventeen. Don't ask me. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't okay. remember. So he's about to be two. So he was born not nineteen. I think I think it was eighteen. Nineteen eighty-three, somewhere around yeah. there. Yeah, somewhere around there, dude. Don't ask. Don't ask me. I'm so bad with birthdays, dude. It's how like, did you, how did you feel when you found out? When I found out what? That you were, you know, gonna be a father. I mean. I didn't like, know how to feel like, like I wanted yeah. to to I mean, I didn't it's not like I had a bad childhood, you know, yeah. it, uh, but my father was never the one to really like uh, that the, the affectionate type. He's he's more now because uh, my my dad was uh, diagnosed with MS and I don't know what that is. Uh, multiple sclerosis. Ah, what the so, hell is that? So it's an autoimmune disease that your nerves attack themselves. Oh. Uh, so so uh, what will happen is, and, and again, there's different types of MS, and, and, and it affects people differently. Mind you, there's no cure for MS. Wow. Uh, uh, and and <clears throat> the messed up thing about all this is that there's no cure for it. So you're on a medication for the rest of your life. Either I think I think they do pills. Either do a pill or you do um, an injection, and you're on it for the bro once a day for the rest of your life. You're on it. The messed up part about it, and this is why I feel that the government uses all these things uh, and they benefit from it. Like big pharma, like it's it's you know multi-trillion-dollar industry, bro. A 30-day supply um, of of the medication he takes. Is like thirty thousand dollars, mind wow. you. He, he's got insurance, but um, can you there, you know how many people have MS and they don't? You don't die from it. So what happens is, uh, the the brain the cells in the brain attack themselves, and again, it, it, depending on the part of the brain that gets affected, is how it's gonna affect you. So in my in my dad's case, he had his right side affected, so it affected the, the left side of of his of his body. So he was limp. He couldn't control his left side. 
uh, you know, loss sensitivity. It's almost like having a stroke, but it's the body causing it on itself. So when that happened to him, my dad's not super old. That's another thing. Like I have, I know a lot of people that their parents are super old. My dad's only like 45, 46, something like that. Um, he, yeah, he's young. He's relatively young. So when he got this, and again, they don't know why this happens. They don't know why you get it. Uh, he, he thought he was going to die. So ever since that happened, he changed his way of being. And, and, and I think a lot of people can relate to that because a lot of, you know, how they say you, you only learn the hard way. And it's like you live your life a certain way. And again, I'm a young guy, you know, I'm not like super old, but you live your life a certain way. And not until something happens, do you learn to appreciate things. So when that happened to him, he thought he was going to die. Because mind you, they're telling you to like, listen, dude, your your brain isn't uh, is uh inflammated. Like you know, you got inflation in your brain, the 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 cells and stuff. Your brain is literally wanting to pop out of your skull, you know, because it, it swells up, inflammation. And they're telling you all this stuff. It's like, listen, what's gonna happen is. And my dad was smoking at the time. What's going to happen is you're going to have to have physical therapy. Dude, they would tell him, touch your nose with your left hand. And bro, he'd poke his eye. Or if he would go to touch you with his left hand, he'd, he'd hit you really hard because he could he could he had no control over it. So he's seen all wow. this stuff and he's like, man, I'm going to die. And ever since that, dude, he started being more, uh, you know, more involved with the family. And once I had my son, you know, he's like all about it. And, and that was his first grandchild, right? Yeah. So coming from that... Uh, Coming from a, a dad who always he always provided for me, and again, I you know I didn't have a bad child. I'm not saying that. A lot of people have had it way worse. Uh, I I when I had my son, I was like, I want to do everything that I didn't have. So I didn't have that, you right. know, my dad playing catch with me or my dad being involved with me in sports. I didn't I didn't have that, you know, because my never, dad was again my dad was always you, working. Right. He never taught you like how to shave your balls and stuff. Exactly. Way. Or like the, my dad. Uh, the sex talk and stuff. You know, like, you, you know, know how many times I, I've cut my balls, dude. You gotta get, you gotta get the uh, the manscape, bro. Oh, you have one of those? I, I keep yeah. seeing things, and I'm like, man, that's dude. a multi-million dollar idea right there, dude. Get it, bro. I was tired of, I was, t- dude, I was tired of nipping the sack. Yeah, I was tired, and hopefully, I mean, who my, knows? They might. Hopefully, if I say this, they'll they'll sponsor me, dude. Manscape, my, my, my balls look like a. Uh, <laughs> A a a I don't Iraq, know. like a, a <laughs> I don't combat know what veteran. They look, like. <laughs> they look like a combat veteran. They got like bullet holes in it and nah, you know, like, dude, you Nick marks. Can't be doing that, bro. Get the manscape. I got it for uh, actually. I mean, I, I took long enough. I got it for Christmas, dude. That was like one of the first things I told my yeah. girl, dude. It's amazing. And uh, have you heard the trailer to the show? What manscape? No, the my unofficial trailer. I showed it to you. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Well, guess what? Do, 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 do. This is the one-on-one podcast. <laughs> I use the same machine I use on my balls. I use it on my face. And I don't care, bro. Because you know why? Because they're my balls. That's right. all that matters. But if you had the option to suck your own dick, you wouldn't do it, though. Uh, What came first, the chicken or the egg? <laughs> 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 so when, when I... When I 
first found out, it's like I wanted to. Do, you want to do all these things and give all these things that you didn't have to your kid. So like right off the bat, you know, like I told you, like I have a connection with him that that you know not again. Everybody's life and everybody's situation is differently. I can do things at my job maybe that others can't do, sure, and vice versa. But for me, you know, I see him every day. It's a it's a bad thing at the same time because you know you know that you know the anxiety they get when they're like. I don't know if your kids do it, but like my son, like another uh, your first kid since since you don't know what you're doing, and I don't care what anybody says, like you're not ready when you have a kid. You can not, have a million no, dollars. Not even ready. You're not even ready when you have your second kid. I thought I, know. I was ready. I thought I was ready, dude. <laughs> you're fucking back to square one. Yeah, bro. Like imagine, dude. And the dude, imagine starting all over again. Uh, with a little baby who wakes up every two hours or every hour, dude, that was exhausting, bro. Like, oh, yeah. you know, and, and they say the first two years of a kid's life are the most demanding, uh, emotionally and socially for a person, and that's why I think that some people should apply to be parents, because again, people who hurt children. There's a special place in hell for those type of people because, you know, it's not their fault. You know, it's not their fault you had a bad day. It's like people who, who, uh, who like, um, uh, you know, mistreat their kids and stuff like that. It's like, come on, man. You know, like, what? it's not his fault that you're, that you're a piece yeah. of shit or, or you, yeah. whatever, you know? So, you know, when I, when I found out, I wanted to give him everything that I didn't have. And I want to give him everything that, that I don't that I didn't have as as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I mean, everybody's life is different, and and, and that changed my dad uh, once he found that out. And it's like, you know, it's it's never too late to change. I, I think that uh, everybody should have a, ch- a second chance. But you know, I'm happy I got a I, I'm happy I got a boy. I'm, that was the main thing. I'm, I'm really happy I got a boy. <laughs> Cause yeah. um, a boy would it be painting my nails? Hopefully. Yeah. Um. That was hilarious. I mean, yeah. I was I was always hoping that my first child would would be a boy. Having two girls, it's. <laughs> <You> have two. <laughs> I have two beautiful baby girls. Um. Four and two. Um. And I will tell you that. Having girls is probably, I'm going to assume, easier than raising a boy. Why is uh, that? They're, I don't know. It's just they're, they're, they're so much more, uh, you know, they're very attached to me, um, you know, because uh, I'm crazy with them. They're crazy with me. So we, we bond over so much stuff. And... They kind of, you know, you know, they have that that father figure, you know, that's always there for them, um, and they are so gentle when it comes to things, relatively gentle. Um, I.e., my youngest daughter poked me in the fucking eye like a year ago, and it still hurts. Um, but. I and again, people, uh, other parents that I've you know been friends with, they're like, yeah, boys are they're just 
harder to control sometimes. They they're yeah. just you know they they're too erratic and and you know they just have different behavior problems and it's hard to control them sometimes. My kids, <clears throat> I've uh, I've worked really really hard um, to maintain a level of mutual respect with my kids, uh, which is why I don't really I, I don't hit them. Uh, it's yeah i stopped that yeah for a while i was spanking him but once i figured out that it wasn't working yeah uh you know because you know how they are dude you'll be like don't do that don't do that like i've never said somebody's name so much in my life yeah uh you know until i had until i had him because he is you say it over and over again, like they don't, dude, they don't care, bro. Zero yeah. filter, dude. Zero filter. Yeah. They don't. They're yeah. psychotic, man. It's crazy. And I'm like, man. And, and the worst part, dude. I don't know if you've, have you've had issues with this, but putting them to sleep, like, it's like you said, like if you, if you, they knew how easy they have it, man, I'd sleep all the time. Yeah, but, I, I mean, like, yeah, that's so true. You know, I, I, <laughs> I get upset. A lot of the times because I look at them and I go, why the fuck do you get to live here for free? Why the, why the fuck are you mooching <laughs> off me? You know, why is it that I have to go to work every single day and risk my life and you're just sleeping here in this bed? Sometimes I look at them and I'm like, you're so beautiful, you know. But, man, if I could just punch you in the head right now because you look so peaceful. <laughs> are you going to be one of those type of, of, of uh, parents that's like, oh, dude, you're 18. You got to get out. Um, yes and no. Um, I, I will, I'm going to teach my kids the values of working hard and, you know, you know, uh, you know, working hard to get what you want and, you know, they're definitely not going to be like, I'm not just going to go, Oh, there you go, honey. Here's uh, two hundred dollars. Yeah. Go buy yourself something nice. And I'm yeah. gonna be like, no, you're you're gonna make sure that you have all A's. You're gonna make sure that you pull your weight around the house and all this stuff. You, you know, you want this, then you're gonna show me how bad you want it. You know, you're gonna you're gonna show me how hard you're gonna work to get what you want. You know. So again, I could be a complete fucking liar and just spoil the shit out of my girls because they are my girls. If it was a, you know, if I if I had a son, I'd probably be like, <laughs> eat dirt, you know. I'd probably be a lot more tougher on him because, you know, I, I've always, you know, I, I don't want to say a daydream, but I always think about the day where I get to uh, raise my, my own son where it's like, you know, my, my dad never really taught me how to be a man. Yeah, I forgot that your dad wasn't really around. Yeah, and, and it's not like he left us or anything. It's just, you know, that was his job. He was in the military and he was gone all the time. So, uh, you know, he he just never was there for those really formative years for me, and not really taught me, you know, how to treat a woman or how to, you know, uh, shave. Uh, or any of those things that, you know, you want to teach your son, you know. So it gets me excited when, you know, I, I, I think about the opportunity of, of, of raising a son. 
you know, because there's just so much stuff that you want to, you know, teach as a man, you know. But at the same time, you know, with with girls, you're you're learning so much about a girl's world, and it's like Jesus Christ, this shit is so complicated. That's why I I didn't want one, man. Yeah, that's why I didn't want one. But it's you got lucky. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing, and who knows? I'm not planning for another one anytime soon, because the way the world. But you'd be okay with the option. Yeah. But again, it, and it changes you, and that's why I it, I feel it's it's a different lifestyle. You have a lot of people who don't have kids, and they're like super happy about it. Yeah, it's it's cool. You know, it's cool to not have to have uh, responsibilities. You know, in a sense. But when are you gonna grow up? You know, when are you gonna when are you gonna really? You know, there's people who don't have kids all their life, and I feel it's 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 a uh, it's a different experience and it, it changes, it really shapes you and changes you and, and the way you view things. And, uh, I, I never understood. I I know somebody with 16 kids, bro. <laughs> and it's 16 like kids? 16. I'm not even lying, bro. And the power Six... of cream pie is strong. With that one. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, bro. And it's like, man, it's not special anymore you think after the eighth kid you're like man i love my son so it's like what you know it's like that's no man there, there like, should be no i'm not i'm not saying there should be a limit to how it's like i love you, you so much kyle it's gary oh, shit. sorry <laughs> sorry and it's like you know I, I i can't imagine a world where uh let's say i would you know i was a scumbag and my son you know i just i just whatever I just had him, and I just split up with the mom. Cause I mean, I love her to death, but I can't. You know, I don't know how people can do that. Um, how they can just either. have a bunch of kids and just laying around like, yeah, dude, I got uh, I got four baby mamas. Uh, uh, you know, this and that. Like, what, bro? Come on, man. Like, yeah, I will tell you that. It- I don't being a father for you know this long I don't understand how guys can actually do that you know my 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 fiance has friends where you know they you know her friend has been cheated on and you know and then the guy gets another girl pregnant yeah and it's like Whoa, dude! You got two kids with this girl, and now you're having another kid with some other girl, and it's like. Well, that's the thing, and they can't even support. They can't even like. I know somebody who like can't even support the kid they have now, but then they're having a kid with somebody else. It's like exactly, and it's like, bro, do you know how bad you just fucked your life? Yeah. Because it's not like you can just go, all right, control, alt, delete. You know. Yeah. No, that's the thing. It's a it's a human being, bro. You know how crazy that is? Like it's a human being, yeah. and you, you it's, can't again you can't return being a father. You know you no, but not only that, but it's like having a dog. You can't you know a dog a dog you just lock him up in the kennel and you can go out and hang out with your friend and come back home and the dog will still be there. It's like you can't do that with a kid. He go to jail for that. You know that's it's yep. child neglect. Oh yeah. I yeah. mean I mean, could you do that? You could. You could absolutely do that. You could literally lock your kid up in a kennel. I'm not saying you should, 
and just go out. I mean, we're going to be that type of scumbag, but. Like, all right, all right, Gary, here's your Teddy Grahams. Yeah. Uh, you can only watch Food Network, and uh, <laughs> here's uh, two two gallons of Gatorade. All yeah. right, Daddy, we'll be back in the morning, all right? Yeah, dude, can you imagine there's people like that, bro? People who, who throw babies away in dumpsters, like, man. That's, I don't get it, because dude. it's like. How do you not look at your kid and go, wow, you know, you, you are the best thing that's ever happened to me. Yeah. Don't, I don't get how men can go, all right, son, I'm going to go get some cigarettes. I'll be right back. And then never (laughs) show up. Yeah. But I I remember you told me your dad wasn't really uh, big into your life and stuff like that. And again, my dad, my dad was always there. Like how, how, I know you always had constant contact with your dad, but it's, it's, that affection, you know, that, yeah, that one-on-one that really counts. And I, I didn't have that. You know, right. And but. that's, and that's what I think being, I think that was the, the, what we share in common is that, uh, we knew right from the start when we were going to be fathers that, you know, no matter what, we're not going to do what our dads did. But everybody you know, loves differently, dude. That's for sure. Thing. Yeah, yeah, Everybody yeah, loves sure. differently. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So the way I show my affection towards whoever yeah. doesn't necessarily mean the other person to do the same thing. You know? <clears throat> yeah. And you see these shows, and and, it, and again, it's conditioning from society uh, to they they you know they they paint a pic. You know, you see all these shows, happy family all together. And in reality, nowadays, dude, especially nowadays, you don't you don't have people people don't get married anymore, man. You know, you got people who will, it's not like back then, you know, people would get married super young and stay together for all these years. Like nowadays, like you live with the person. Have 16 kids with them. Have 16 kids with them. No, no, but uh, it's like 16 kids with like, I don't know how many, how many different women. Oh, that's what I'm talking about right there. It's like 10 different women, bro. And like, this guy's like the ugliest guy. I'm like, man, what? It's like, bam, here you go, baby. All right, I'll see you tomorrow. Yeah, nah, but psych. like, but the, bam, women, go, like the woman in that in that uh, scenario, like you know, that's the thing. Like, you're gonna have to deal with that, bro. You're gonna have to like, you, you know, men are dogs. Like, you're gonna have to deal with that, and that's like one of the things I don't want to deal with. I'm like, man, I don't want to have to deal with that. But now I have to deal with the other side. Like, men are the hey, stupidest dad. animals in all of existence. Uh, it's like, hey, dad, I got this chick pregnant. It's like, oh man, what? You know, like, what was that you his reaction? Was that his reaction? No, no, I'm saying like once. Oh. Like, that's like I'm saying like my son. Oh saying, yeah. You know, my yeah. dad was super happy because you know, obviously it's you know it's the family, and and I only have one other sibling. Right. Uh, so it's like, you know, gotta keep the family alive, but. Yeah. It, it's it's a different thing, and and you know it makes you want to be a better person and grow. So you know for like the like this year. I want to do different things. Like that's why I wanted to start this podcast, talk to different people, dude. And I've been, I mean, I mean, you know the the things I've been diving into, and it's so much stuff. And and, and like I'm at the point where I'm questioning like my own existence, you know. And, and this world's like, do we live in a simulation? You know, do do is this a simulation? the probability of it being a simulation is like one in a billion. So there's like, there's that possibility. Exactly. I was just about to say like, even though it's one in a billion still, and everybody's so, everybody's so 
focused on the, the and and you see it firsthand dude like i saw this this page that i follow they posted a picture of what looked like a beam uh coming from the sky and supposedly it was it's been debunked but this uh high energy weapon starting the fires in in australia dude you know you know a billion animals have died that's insane and the comments were like oh stop posting this garbage this is fake they've already they've already uh uh, caught the people who did it blah 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 this and that's like and then somebody else commented like bro how do you know that that's not a diversion from what's really happening because people is and then the guy commented back and was like no it, they caught the people it's like everybody will oh oh they they're spoon fed all this information and they just take it like nothing like, oh yeah no the government said this it's like dude the government's been caught lying so many times and you believe everything they're saying to you you know i i say question everything and that's the reason why again i started this podcast I, I'm dude, I'm gonna have people on, bro. I have this guy uh who he talks about like how we're in a simulation and, and he talks about like how Saturn is controlling everything. And like there's like e- like the evidence he like presents is, is, is so crazy. And like I'm gonna have this other guy, we're gonna talk about ancient civilizations, and you know, it's incredible how the Egyptians and all these people how they knew like right now I have a supercomputer in my pocket. I whip I whip it out. I Google whatever question I want to, I want answered, and it's boom, I'm, I have an answer. How did the people back then do anything, man? How did they in Egypt? How did they, bro? You know how big the pyramid of Giza is. You know how big yeah. it is. The footprint, thirteen acres, dude. Yeah, thirteen acres. That's incredible, and like people don't question that like like how did these people do that like they had technology back then it's like who or what made this you know and again i've i've looked into a lot of things and and it's like made me question everything dude like religion religion is a multi-trillion dollar industry per year right big pharma multi-trillion dollar industry per year they're you know, not gonna. And, they're not yeah. gonna put out the cure to cancer, dude. Because, because why? Because they're making money off of it. They're not gonna tell yeah. you. You know who came up with the Big Bang Theory? A Catholic priest. The church came up with the Big Bang Theory. Look it up. They came up with the Big Bang Theory. It's like they control everything, dude. You know. Yeah. They they, they talk about how Christians and this and that. It's like how Christians say that they're they're the that's the right path. What you know, who decides that? There's so many, you know, what's the books that aren't in the Bible versus the books that were written that are not in the Bible? It's like, wh- who determines what's canonical and what's not? You know what I mean? Right. And and remember, the Bible has taken uh stories from other things that were there before it. So, why is that the right one? Right. You know, so who decides who's royalty and who's not? You know what I mean? It's like, dude, come on. So many things. And and I'm going to have some interesting people on this podcast. And we're going to cover all those topics. And it's 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 mind-blowing, dude. Like, it, it blows my mind. And you don't have enough people. Like they'd, they'd rather just sit at home and watch Keeping Up with the Kardashians 
mm-hmm. and just uh, you know, not even care about anything. And and I feel people don't even read anymore, dude. Yeah. You know, but <laughs> I I think I think podcasts are 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 the format to. I I know when I listen to a podcast, it gets me thinking about things, you know, and with with something like this, you know, where we're asking these kind of questions, that's what you want people to do is that I, I guarantee if you ask somebody like, hey, have you ever thought about how the hell they actually made those pyramids? They go, mm, you know, I never really thought about that. It's like, look how size. Look, look at the size of this fucking brick. Do you think? How? Yeah, dude. You, you know think what? These people actually did this. You know. Do you know what fifteen hundred tons is? There's over two million stones on the pyramid of Giza, bro. And not only that, bro. It's not only. Uh, it's not only that. The the craziest part about everything that blows my mind. It's not just the way they built it, dude. It's the precision that they put into it. And it is it's off of true north. The pyramid is the pyramids are off of true north. Right. By like point zero something of a degree, bro. True north. Not magnetic north, like on, on a compass, like true uh-huh. north. It's like dude, something the si- thirteen acres. Do you know what do you know how big that is? And and bro, what? Dude, they had stones there. So, so a 1,500 ton stone, that's, that's millions of pounds, bro. And they had the, they brought these stones, you know, the, there's this quarry up the, over there, Aswan Curry, uh, and it's uh, over 500 miles away. And, it, and in some other places, uh, you know, they, they traveled even thousands of miles with, with, with this quartz that's only found in that quarry in that, that part of the world. It's like... Why wouldn't you want to know how they how they did this? It's like oh oh dude oh you know people talk about aliens. I don't know man. Uh, nowadays, the more I look into things, like I I believe in a higher power. I believe that something is controlling because what you know what came first? Like you can you're not gonna tell me like the Big Bang theory. We came from a single atom that exploded and everything was the way it is. You know, you're not going to tell me that some dust in 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 space came up with the thought of like, look, this is what this is what this is what it's going to be like, you know. And again, that's like, that comes back to the simulation theory, bro, that there's a higher power controlling everything and and coming up with the rules. And, and maybe we can't do certain things. Because why? Because in, like how I can't use FaceTime on a Windows computer. Why? Because it's not programmed. So certain things that we can't do, it's not. It's because it's not in the program. You know what I mean? So we can't do that because it's not in the program. You know. So I, I'm I, I'm actually I got a new telescope tomorrow, dude. Um, and I would recommend that you get a telescope, bro. Like it's it's amazing, you know. They talk about how I ha- I have one problem with space. Um, and my problem with space is that it, it's it is the way it is as far as like all these pictures. You know, people talk, oh, it's it's all CGI. No, dude, a nebula actually looks like that. Right. You know, if you can actually look at Saturn or or Mars 
or Jupiter from your backyard. You know, if you know how to look and if you have the the right equipment as an amateur, uh, you know, astronomer or whatever, you can look. You can look at that, but the 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 problem that I have is NASA determines like all the units of measurement and everything in in space and like determines all this stuff. And it's like, dude, you know what? You know how many miles are in one light year? Seven trillion miles. Seven trillion miles, bro. It's it's a thousand miles from where I'm at to New York. Can you imagine seven trillion miles, bro? What? Yeah. How do you know that? Yeah. I'm, you know, I've looked at, I've looked at nebulas that are, I don't know how many light years away, and I look at it through my telescope, and I'm like, dude, it's right there. It's like, what? Well, it's incredible. And again, to think that we're alone in this, in this universe of the, of the, this, this vastness, you know, it'd be, it'd be too naive and. Again, I don't, I, I don't know what, uh, what to think anymore, man. I, I just had this, I've had this renaissance of, of just knowledge, and I've been reading and and looking t- to these other things, and it's like, man, I don't, I don't even know what to think anymore. I mean, but I, you know, I'm a rational person, but, uh, I, it's it's crazy, dude. Yeah, yeah, I, I I'm I'm more of those kind of people that just like, you know, uh, I see something form my own opinion from it and, and just go from there you know I, I do ask myself a, a bunch of these different questions um even if it's just random ones where it's like you question like so many you know different freaking things you know um but no i i, I totally get what you mean um, i think you should do um you should do floating bro yeah no i i, I will eventually because you know. when you're floating, uh, again, and since you're always so amped up because your your job and stuff, floating really uh, it'll help you because what I like about floating is that once you're in there, dude, everything is amplified. So your thoughts are just amplified because there's nothing else you can do. You're just literally just floating in space. And when you think about something, uh, you know, I believe the law of attraction. And the law of attraction is, you know. Your words have power. You know what what we say in this realm, whatever it is, this simulation, or whatever, has power. So that's why you have people who who they're always down all the time because they're always negative about things and 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 you know oh if you, if you say something that's why you're you, you know the word the word grammar comes from the word grammora and 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 grammar is is a, a spell book. And, and that's why it's called spelling, because we're literally casting spells as we speak. So you have to be really careful with what you say about people and and what you say about yourself, because you might, you know, manifest, you know, something um, and, you know, negativity. And, and that's why I'm really careful about what I say or like, man, today's going to be a shitty day. Probably is now that you said it. That's why people who who are who are living with cancer, they live with cancer for I don't know how much time. They go to the doctor. It's like, dude, you got stage four, something, something. The dude lasts a month after that. What? This, this guy was just fine before that, man. Or the people who have cancer, and again, this is what prayer and meditation is. You're saying something over and over and over and over again to where you believe it. 
And, bro, people go in. It's like, dude, you just had cancer all over your body and it's gone. Right. Why? Because that guy believed in it so much. And that's what prayer is. You know, causing manifestations and, and, and saying things over and over again to where you believe it and it becomes true. Again, doesn't work for everything. But, it, hey, anything at this point is possible, dude. No, you know? it, really, it really is true. Um, but, <clears throat> dude, we've been going for, uh, for two hours. I don't know if you want to end it on that note. And, uh, you know, I really enjoyed this conversation. Uh, we really dove deep in what it is to have a family. And I know a lot of people don't have that opportunity. But just like everything in life, when, when, when you have it, I think you should uh, make the best of it. And if anybody's going to get anything from this from this episode, you know, just, this just just two dads, just, you know, two two friends just going back and forth talking about life and you know the the little experiences that i've had uh you know just to 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 just make the best of it and, and take i take it day by day dude that's my that's my motto i live day by day i don't think about what's gonna happen two months from now or three months from now because yeah. tomorrow the, the the issue is that tomorrow's never promised so no, especially that's that's pretty much what I what I, you know, uh, kind of do. Well, that's not what I kind of do. That That is what I do whenever I'm faced faced with a, uh, a decision. I, I kind of look at myself and. Um. um I kind of look at myself and it's like, okay, you know, the job that I do, you know, it puts me at high risk for definitely fucking dying. Yeah. So it's like, okay, you know, am I going to regret, like, as I'm falling to my death, I'm going to go, shit, I should have bought that bubble gum, you (laughs) know? fucked up, dude. God forbid that. Yeah, God forbid that happens, but it's like I don't want to be asking myself that question. I'm going to be like, you know, I, you know, I've lived like such an awesome life, so I don't really have I don't do too much thinking when I, you know, do something. You know, I don't really give too much thought, you know, when it comes to certain things cuz it's like, you know, I could be gone tomorrow, you know, and I don't want to, you know, die with any short any sort of regret, whether it be a, a, a huge regret or a small one, you know, if I want to do something, I'm just going to do it. And, you know, and that's with the job that I have right now where it's such a high risk, you know, high intensity job. But I think what, you know, what people can take away from this is that, you know, like you said, you know, tomorrow's never promised. So I think people need to stop looking at all the reasons for, not to do something because there's going to be a million of them. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. And and again, it comes back to that cycle, dude. People don't want to make that jump because, because they're scared and, and it's understandable. Sure. But at the end of the day, just remember like when you go, like when you pass away, when you die, whatever, what have you brought to the table that people are going to remember? It's so crazy, man. Like how the, you, like people, yeah, people, your family will mourn, but eventually they move on. 
and then they'll die. So the you know your memory just what do you would you would you contribute that that really made you different and set you apart from everything, and right. that's that's deep, man. Yeah. But um yeah, dude, uh, I had a lot of fun, man. Yeah. Uh, we should do this again, and when you come to Florida, we should uh, sit down and you know talk about some more some more stuff. But I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me today and and yeah man i had fun absolutely yeah yeah me too um definitely when uh when we do a in-person uh podcast we can dive in deep and uh you know really dig in deep like deep with the deepening of deepness (laughs) that comes with diving in deep to deep conversations so right on bro so but yeah i definitely had fun is good good convo yeah dude we'll go ahead and uh wand it there well there you have it hopefully you stuck around this long but again just a conversation between two friends and two fathers and again thank you for the support follow us on social media at the juan on juan podcast you can also write me an email the juan on juan podcast at gmail.com but you want to hear about anything or if you have any interesting topics you want to talk about, you want to recommend, whatever it is. I hope you enjoyed it. Until next time. Nice buns, soft, fluffy, and ultra low net carbs. Discover Hero Bread, the delicious ultra low net carb bread with incredible taste and texture. Hero Bread has zero grams of sugar and is under 100 calories per serving, plus high in fiber with 5 to 10 grams of protein per serving. Order from hero.co now and get 10% off your first purchase with promo code AH10. That's 10% off with code AH10. H E R O.co.